Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Ballard Jr. I'm the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And as we like to lead with, as much as possible, just to say thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. We're so honored to be in this moment in your life. Like I said, whatever it is that you're doing, whether you are driving in your car, running on your treadmill, or just laying back, listening to a calm, soothing voice. <laughs> I don't know why I go into that voice, but I, I just happen to do sometimes. But Again, thank you. Thank you so much for giving us the honor to be a part of your life in this moment. And just want to let you know that if you are listening to us on our website, you can also go to wherever you listen to podcasts. You can go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. You'll pretty much find us on every podcast app. Go ahead and find us, subscribe to us, look for our logo, subscribe to us. That way when we post new podcasts, you'll be updated and notified about it. But with that, my Buccaneers are Super Bowl champions. <laughs> That's right, I am not depressed this week. We came out and we pulled off a big one. Pulled off a big one. So I'm in a moment of just excitement right now. It was really interesting because on Sunday after they won, it was, it was kind of a surreal moment for me. And, and I, I really thought that I would be jumping up and down, that I would be super excited, but I just kind of, kind of just sat there and watched. And I think the reason why I responded that way, because it, it still felt like it was too good to be true. I, I thought that, you know, with the, with the Buccaneers, and, and I apologize this week. I just let, let you know, please bear with me. There will be a football illustration or two because of my excitement about the Buccaneers winning the championship. But I, I'll tell you, it, was, it really was one of those moments where I thought with them bringing Tom Brady in, they'd make the playoffs, especially towards the end of the season, and start looking good for them to be able to be there. They were in a good position. But I had no idea. I had no idea that they would make the Super Bowl, let alone win the Super Bowl. So it's just one of those moments where, like I said, it's, it's still surreal. I'm excited, but it's still surreal to me. And I just want to say thanks to every one of you who knows that I'm a Buccaneer fan. A Buccaneer fan. I, I got so many uh, Instagram comments and Facebook comments and people congratulating me. <laughs> and it felt like I played in the game. I wish I was there, even if I was the streaker that ran across the field. Now, clothed, let me, let, let me make that really clear. At one point, he revealed himself in a swimsuit that just, well, that would not be me. <laughs> but, but just to have the opportunity to be able to be there would have been huge. Would have been huge. The Super Bowl is going to be here in Los Angeles next year at SoFi Stadium. And who knows? Maybe you're someone who happens to have a corporate box that recognizes me as a fan and if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get there next year, uh, because they'll go through the Rams. <laughs> I probably just irritated some Ram fans there. 
But if you just happen to have a corporate box and you think, hey, there's that Ken, that podcast guy that loves the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'll, I'll, I'll pay for him to have a seat here at the Super Bowl to be able to sit in a corporate box and, and watch the game. Let, let me tell you, if, if you were to do that, you'd instantly go to the top as my best friend. <laughs> but again, I just, I just, I, I am. It's one of those moments that just feels surreal to me. So, so thank you for sticking through that and allowing me to be able to, to, to just share my enthusiasm. But right now at Encounter, we are in the middle of a series called More Than Expected. And the idea behind this series is just looking at those moments where Jesus did something, but it was, it was just so categorically different than what it was that he was expected to do. And, and this week, we, we talked about a message called More Than a Miracle, and I'll, I'll touch on that in a little bit. But the idea that we really wanted to get at behind the message is to be able to, to dig into the greatest need. See, I, I think sometimes what we can do is we can confuse our most pressing need with our greatest need. And since we're talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and we're looking for illustrations, I'll happen to give you one using my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> but in 2019, the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was a guy named Jameis Winston. Also, nickname is Famous Jameis. But one of the challenges that Jameis Winston had was being able to control the ball or protect the ball. Now, when you compare his numbers in 2019 to Tom Brady's numbers in 2020, they're actually really close except for one main category. For example, as far as yards, in 2019, Jameis Winston threw for 5,109 yards. This year, Tom Brady threw for 4,633 yards. Actually, less yards or fewer yards. As far as average yards per game, Jameis Winston threw for 319.3 yards per game as opposed to Tom Brady, who threw for 289.6 yards per game. So, so you're looking at that, and you're thinking, well, well Jameis sounds pretty good. Uh, you look at completion percentage. Jameis Winston completed about 60% of his passes. Tom Brady completed about 65% of his passes. So again, pretty close in that regard. As far as touchdowns, Jameis Winston threw 33 touchdowns in 2019, but Tom Brady threw... 40 touchdowns in 2020. So we can see where Tom Brady did a little bit better there. But this is the one place where it makes a significant difference, and that is in interceptions. See, in 2019, Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions compared to just 12 for Tom Brady last year. Well, why was, was that so important? Because as far as the Buccaneers are concerned, in 2019, six of the games that were lost were lost by seven points or less. By seven points or less. So as a result, at the end of the season, they, they ended up seven and nine. Six of those games. So if they at least win half of those games, they end up 10 and six, and they make it to the playoffs. I mean, that's how close they were. That's how close they were. The biggest difference, ball protection, ball protection. 
So the most pressing need is to win more games. That's what it looked like. And it felt like maybe the most pressing need was a, was a quarterback. Let me tell you, that wasn't the most pressing need. The greatest need was to protect the football. That's the reason why they let Jameis Winston go. And that's the reason why they looked for another quarterback. And it just happens to work out that they get the GOAT. And for those of you that don't know what GOAT means, it means the greatest of all time. And I think Tom Brady kind of cemented that with his Super Bowl win on Sunday. Now, I know that there's some people out there that are not Tom Brady fans. I'll be honest, I was not until they joined the Buccaneers. So yes, call me a hypocrite. <laughs> In this situation, I'm totally okay with that. I totally accept that. And I completely am. <laughs> I completely am. But there's something really interesting about this is to remember the most pressing need was to win more games for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in order for them to at least make the playoffs. But the greatest need was to protect the football. So now we, we take that and we apply that to our everyday lives. Because here's the thing that I wanna, want to remind you is don't confuse the most pressing need or your most pressing need with your greatest need. Don't confuse your most pressing need with your greatest needs. For example, you may be struggling financially. You may be struggling with bills, with debt. You may be wrestling with those things. You may feel as though you are being overwhelmed by what it is that you owe. So we would say that the most pressing need is what? Moolah, cashola, <laughs> money. That's what we would say that your greatest, that, that your most pressing need is. But you know in actuality what your greatest need might be? The greatest need might be learning principles of financial management. Because I've been there, I've been there, I've been in a situation where I thought, I just need more money. And you know what happens? I get more money, I spend more money, and I'm still in the same place financially that I was before. So my most pressing need was money, but that really wasn't my greatest need. My greatest need was to learn principles of financial management. Maybe you're single and you're starting to hit that age where being single becomes more and more uncomfortable. You hang out with your friends, they're married, they have kids, you're invited to go to weddings. And of course, the question they're asking you when you go to weddings is, who will be your plus one? So you wrestle with that. You wrestle with that desire in you that wants to be in a relationship. And so that may feel like that's your most pressing need. Your most pressing need right now is to be in a relationship. But that may not be your greatest need. Maybe your greatest need is to learn how to be happy with just you. One of the illustrations that I like to make a lot when it comes to being single and whole is the Oreo cookie. Because the Oreo cookie is made up of two components. We have the chocolate, on if it is a chocolate Oreo cookie. I can tell you now my favorite is mint. The little mint speckles on the inside when you bite into it, you get a little spark. Oh, man. My mouth, mm. Sorry, my mouth was watering. <laughs> just, just thinking about that. But what is it that makes the Oreo? Because see, if it was just the feeling, filling, then it wouldn't be an Oreo. 
or the stuffing, I should say, it wouldn't be an Oreo. Or if it was just a cookie on the outside, it wouldn't be an Oreo. What makes it an Oreo is its full, total, and complete parts. And I think sometimes we can look at relationships and think, I need to be in a relationship to be complete. So maybe you may think that your most pressing need is a relationship, but your greatest need is actually learning how to be a whole cookie, learning how to be satisfied, learning how to be fulfilled, whether you have that person or not. Because if you don't learn how to be a whole cookie, you may get your most pressing need to be in a relationship, but then because you desire to be in a relationship so badly, because you're not satisfied or you're not complete and full with, with who you are and your identity and, and connecting yourself with that, then I've seen what many people do is I've seen them compromise their principles or their standards for the kind of girl that they want to be with or, or the kind of guy that they want to be with. I, I've seen people compromise their standards because there is such a great pressing need to be in a relationship. And maybe you're married and you're struggling. And maybe you find yourselves arguing all the time. And you would say probably your most pressing need is peace. I'm just, I'm just tired of the arguing. I'm tired of the, of the going back and forth, which may be true. But that may not be your greatest need. Although peace presents itself, and it feels like that's what you really need, but your greatest need may be humility. Your greatest need may be an adjustment in your attitude or your husband's or wife's adjustment in their attitude. Your greatest need may be forgiveness. Maybe you need to forgive. Maybe he or she needs to forgive. Your greatest need may be patience. But sometimes we are so focused on our most pressing need that we never get to the place of our greatest need. So we never really dig. We never really work through what needs to be worked through so that we can get to that place of health. And it, it is, it is very easy to confuse our most pressing need with our greatest need because our most pressing need is so urgent in the moment. And that makes sense. It does make sense. When you have a bill collector calling you, your most pressing need is money. I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. When it feels like you're on the verge of divorce because you're arguing so much, your most pressing need feels like it's peace. And, and I, I get that. If you're single and you're lonely, it may feel, again, your most pressing need is to be in a relationship. Again, I completely get that. However, when we begin to just fall into pursuing our most pressing need, and we never get an opportunity to figure out what our greatest need is, then we can find ourselves stuck in a cycle. Have you ever met that single person that is stuck in a cycle of picking one bad person after a bad person after another bad person? Maybe you are that single person. Or you, you watch a marriage that just seems to be floundering and floundering. And it seems to be that they're making the same mistake over and over again. Or maybe financially things work out. Like that, that, that check comes in and now you're able to pay the bill. But now all of a sudden you find yourself in this, in this place where the loneliness comes back, the bill comes again, another argument or fight starts. 
So it is, it is so, like I said before, it's so easy for us to yield into and give into the fact that if I meet my most pressing need, then I'll be happy. And there may be some truth to that. Maybe you might be happy in the moment, but what it does not do is it does not filter into bringing long-term happiness, long-term satisfaction, long-term fulfillment. So what we talked about this Sunday is we looked at this idea of, of Jesus doing more than a miracle. In Mark chapter 2, there's this story of this guy who is paralyzed and these four men carry this man to be healed and to, to, to meet and to see Jesus. And I want to encourage you, if you have a chance to read your Bible, read Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, because it's this story. But what Jesus does in this story is he does something that, that doesn't seem to make sense. Because, you know, they bring this guy before Jesus. And if you bring a paralyzed person before Jesus, or you bring a blind person before Jesus, or a deaf person before Jesus, what do you expect Jesus to say? You're healed. You're healed. Open your ears. You can hear now. Open your eyes. You can see now. Get up and walk. That's what you expect Jesus to do. But what Jesus does is Jesus looks at the man and he says, son, your sins are forgiven. Like, what? Wait, wait, what? No, 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 Jesus. I, I didn't bring him to be forgiven. <laughs> I brought him so that he could walk again. That's why I brought him here. But Jesus says that. Why does he say that? Because, again, it, it may look as though his most pressing need is to walk. His greatest need is to be made right with the Father. It's to be made right with the Father. So again, sometimes, like I said, when we do, we, we, we get those two confused. It, it really is a challenge. I, I love this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, it says, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Is love. So it may seem like when you're going through something that your most pressing need is faith. God, just give me the faith to be able to continue to press forward, to move forward, to fight my way through this. Or it may feel like the most pressing need that you have is, is hope. Jesus, I, I just need to believe that we can get through this. I just need to be able to see the other side. Even if in the midst of it right now, it is so difficult and so hard that I can't see it, but God, but God, give me hope. Give me a vision of what it would look like. But then the passage says, but the greatest of these is love. Why? Because when you have no faith, you need to know that you are loved. Love is what fuels faith. When I know that I am wholly, completely, and dearly loved by the Father, then I have the faith that even if whatever it is that I go through does not work out, I have the faith that he loves me so much that he'll take care of me. 
when I'm in a situation that seems absolutely hopeless, I need to know that the Father loves me. Because then, no matter what happens, no matter, again, how the situation works out, I am able to hold on to what little hope that I have because I know that the Father loves me and will, again, do that which is best for me. One of my biggest encouragements is don't confuse your most pressing need with your greatest need. And then another one of the points that I made on Sunday in the message was this. Problems are meant to lead us to the source, not to the solution. Problems are meant to lead us to the source, not to the solution. And that's what the pressing need is all about. The pressing need is all about, let me find the solution to the problem, as opposed to finding the source of the problem and then dealing with the source of the problem so that I can, again, be healed or renewed. And, and the reason why it's so important, and I, and I did mention this on Sunday as well, is when it comes to problems, as soon as you are out of a problem, it's only a matter of time before you find yourself in another problem. I was scanning through TED Talks because I, I like to watch them every once in a while. They're, they're really motivating to me. And one of the topics that I saw was Bill Gates. He's already talking about the next pandemic. We haven't even finished COVID yet. And they're already talking about the next possible pandemic. When we begin to understand the source of our problem, then what we can do is we can begin to say, God, heal me and help me to work through my, and we can heal me and help me to work through my source. And then what we can do is we can begin to recognize how God has done that. How God has done that. And, and one of the things that I said on Sunday is every sickness, every disease, every challenge, whether it's relational, emotional, mental, physical, every one of those elements can be traced back to sin. It truly can. And it may not necessarily be your sin, it could be that you are dealing with the consequences of the sin of what someone else has done and now you're dealing with the ramifications of that. Or it could be that when we trace it all the way back to Adam and Eve, we're dealing with the ramifications of their sin. It says in Romans chapter 8, verses 19 through 22, for all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God reveals who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. So you know what that really says? Every 
natural disaster. Every earthquake, every hurricane, every flood, every tsunami, every one of them can be traced back to sin. Because it says that creation was subjected. It was subjected to God's curse. Well, what is God's curse? God's curse is death. And that death was brought into existence because of the sin of Adam and Eve. So when we begin to dig into that, it, it doesn't seem fair. And I'll tell you, it's not. It's not fair. But that's the thing about sin. The outcome of sin never is. It's not fair to that child who has to go through their parents' divorce because one parent had an affair. It's not fair. It's not fair for those who are in a drunk driving accident because the guy was driving under the influence. That's not fair. That's the thing about sin. It's not fair. It's not fair. Every time you see those things, that is a reminder of the gravity and the capacity of sin. So when we begin to understand the gravity and capacity of sin, then also what we can do is we can begin to understand what God has done to deal with it. This is why we need to be honest with ourselves. It says in Romans chapter 3, verse 10, as the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. And verse 23 says, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. We've all messed up. We've all blown it. And if we are able to look at our problems and allow our problems to move us to look at the source rather than the solution, if I'm able to dig underneath, then maybe what I might find is in myself where have I struggled with my own sin to create the problem that I'm in? I'll be honest with you. In the evening times, my, life, my wife and I, we like to relax. And we do like to watch Real Housewives of Atlanta or New Jersey or Orange County or Beverly Hills. <laughs> We like to watch those shows. You know what they really are? They, they really are a case study in many ways for sin. I mean, you see some of the most insecure people who are trying to wrestle through life and, and, and trying to, to figure it out. And all they are really is a symbol of us in our nature. Now, we may not argue the way that they argue. We may not fuss and fight the way that they fuss and fight. I mean, there has to be something that draws you back to the TV because even some of the fights do feel manufactured. But even with that, it's just a, a, a way for us to be able to look at ourselves and just to be able to say, you know what, I have some things in me. And it's, I've noticed that it's easy to recognize the source of someone's problem in their life. Like, I can look at your life and I can see the source of your problem. 
But it's so difficult to do that in my own life. Haven't you noticed that? It is so difficult to do that in my own life. And I think that that may be one of the reasons why that's a purpose of the problems that we may go through. Not every single one of them, but that may be a purpose. Because now when I go through the problem, it's a chance for me to slow down and again, begin to dig beyond what is my most pressing need to find out what is my greatest need to move beyond what is the solution to my problem to begin to say, well, what is the source of my problem? And then maybe when I'm able to recognize the source of my problem, and in many cases, it may be that we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standards. Maybe the source of my problem is my struggle. Maybe the source of my problem is my pride. Maybe the source of my problem is my lack of humility. Maybe my the source of my problem could be my own. I mean, we can go through the list, my own addictions. I mean, we can go through the list, right? The source of my problem is my lack of self-image. I mean, we, we can go through and we can begin to, to identify the things that may be the result of sin in our lives. And then once I can begin to identify the source, I can begin to work my way through. I, I love how it's talked about in Romans chapter 7, verses 18 through 26. And, and I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Now, doesn't that sound like us? <laughs> Thank you, Paul, who's the author of this passage, for putting that there. Thanks for, for summing up what I feel inside. Thanks for putting that to words. Because sometimes it feels that way. But he says this, if, but if I do what I don't want to do, am I not really the one doing wrong? It is sin living in me that does it. Now, that's not someone throwing off responsibility. That's someone identifying the source. And once I'm able to discover the source, I love how he puts it further on. He says, I have discovered the principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. Doesn't it feel that way sometimes? This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Now, I'm so glad that this passage doesn't stop there. Because up until that point, it's really hopeless. Like, like I'm just, in, am I in the midst of this struggle forever? Now that I've identified the source, now that I've identified that with my greed, my lack of patience, my lack of love, now that I've identified the source, am I, am I just stuck there? And that's why 25 is so great. Thank God. The answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really, want, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. But thank God for Jesus. 
Jesus is the source. Our Jesus is the one who helps us to begin to overcome the source of our problems. He is the one that begins to usher true healing and renewal into our lives. He is the one that begins to give us hope that things can change, that we can grow. So the greatest need that exists in every single one of our lives is the need for our sins to be reckoned with. And you have a choice. You really do. You have a choice. You can reckon with your sins yourself. And if you do, then you have not allowed yourself to find the solution that ultimately turns things around in your life, that heals you of that source. And there's an outcome of that. The outcome of sin is death. And if you decide to reckon yourself to deal with your own sin, then realize that that is the direction that your life is going in. And when I say death, I'm not talking about physical death. We're all going to die physically, thanks to Adam and Eve. But I'm talking about eternal death. I'm talking about eternal separation from the Father. And, and I don't talk about that a lot. It's one of those things that's really uncomfortable, but, but we have to understand the reality of what sin is and what sin does and the gravity of what sin brings to our lives. So you can decide to deal with it yourself or you can find another solution. And you can say, Jesus, I'm going to lean on you. I'm going to allow you to do what I could not do. Because you may be able to fix your problem. You might turn it all around and overcome in your life. But the problem is you still haven't dealt with the source. And the source will rear its ugly head up in many different ways. We can see that in the most successful of people. It will rear its ugly head up. And once it does, who knows what the outcome or the ramifications of it will be. So yeah, you, you, may, you, you may be able to overcome. You may be able to find financial freedom. You may be able to find healing in your marriage. You may be able to find that person that you love and you commit your life with and you're able to be together for the rest of you. You may find that. But again, the problem is still the source. That even in the midst of that financial overcoming or that relational connection, when it rears its ugly head, it's going to present itself. So that's why Jesus came. He came to be the one who deals with the greatest outcome of the source of our struggles. That although we may die physically, we can still have the opportunity to be able to be with him in eternity. We still can. And that's what Jesus came to do. That's what he offers us. And that's why he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Your sins 
are forgiven. Wow. Powerful. Just powerful. So it's my prayer today that we'll take steps to move forward to say, you know what, Jesus, I'm bringing myself to you because I recognize the sin that's in my life and I'm asking you for your strength to help me to be able to move beyond them. And although they may rear their ugly heads up for the rest of my life, and they will, I know that once I cross over the threshold of eternity, I can begin to spend that with you. But not only that, while I'm here on earth, Jesus, you will help me to recognize my sin and take steps to try to deal with my sin, to try to overcome my sin, so that not only do I begin to experience a little bit of heaven when I get there with you, I can experience some of it here on earth right now to see my life changed. So that's my prayer. So again, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. So excited to have you with us this morning. Just wanted to let you know, again, or this morning, could be this evening, could be this afternoon, whenever you listen to the podcast. But also just wanted to let you know that we have set a date. We are launching our outdoor services once again on February the 28th. They will be in our parking lot. Again, if you are uncomfortable with meeting, totally understand that. You can feel free to watch our virtual services. We will still provide those. Even after COVID is done, we've decided we're going to do the best that we can to provide a virtual or online experience as long as Encounter is around, as long as we're around. So we are so excited for this opportunity that we have to be able to come together on the 28th. Wear your mask, bring a cheer. We'll be practicing social distancing to do everything that we can to keep us safe. Although the numbers are better, continue to be praying because this UK variant that has worked its way into the United States, it's a monster and it's saying that it's growing every 10 days, significantly, every 10 days. So we still need to be praying. Still need to be praying. But hopefully we'll see you there. 10.30, February 28th at the Encounter Church parking lot. Well, just a reminder, Encounter's about three things. Love up. Let's look at how we can love God more today than we did yesterday. Love out. What is one way that you can love your fellow man and love in? What is a step that you can take to grow and develop to be the best you that you can be in loving yourself? We'll take care. God bless you. And we'll see you next week. And hopefully, the bucks will repeat next year. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church Podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way when we post new live streams and new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, 
you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us, and we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.